Hallelujah, saints. Good to be here with you all. God's good, amen? All the time. What a blessing it is to be a servant of the Lord, isn't it, saints? So to be used by the Lord, the ability for the creator of all things to use us. Um, and that's a little bit what's on my heart. You know, it's been, the Lord's been really working on me to be a better Christian. And what I mean by that is to be more devoted to him. And I think this message will reflect that. And I don't think I'm any different than you. I think we're all in this race together to encourage each other to, 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 to heaven. So hopefully this message you'll find encouraging. You know, the title of my message, if you will, is when we reach out to the Lord, he responds. When we reach out to the Lord, he responds. You know, I want to share with you, saints, do you know this is a track record in the Word of God? The Lord has a track record. It's something that's tried and true in the Word of God. That it's not the same for people. You know, you may think parents, a friend, somebody you know, they might have a good day. They might have a bad day. They might be on top of their game. They might not be on top of their game when you go to talk to them when you go to pray with them. They might be ready to receive the prayer. They might not be ready. You know, Jesus is always ready. The Lord in heaven is always ready and consistent. He's consistent in his record of of goodness to us and giving mercy to us and showing us love. But it does follow a pattern, saints. And I know God can do anything. You may say, well, God can do anything. And he does. He does whatever he wants. But you know what, saints? I believe God has if I can say this, has constrained himself to be in a pattern. He can do anything. He can meet whoever he wants to meet, wherever he wants to meet, send angels to wherever he wants to send angels, touch whoever he wants to touch. But he follows a pattern for himself for us to grow in him so we can learn about him, so we can strive to know him better. So it's not just, Lord, help me, and boom. It's a pattern that he has. It's a pattern that he wants to follow. And the pattern that we see in the Psalms tonight that we're going to read is that when you call out, when you verbally call out to the Lord, it gets his attention. Those who reach for and call to and extend themselves to the Lord are the ones that we see are shown the goodness, the love, and the mercy of the Lord. When you're quiet, that's what happens. When you reach out to the Lord, there's a response. Amen? What a blessing it is. You know, the world today... As I was studying my notes, it was on my heart. The world today strongly holds on to the idea that you have to take care of yourself, right? That you have to do what is best for you. It's what is best for you to do, you have to do that. If there's something you don't like, you don't have to accept it. If something bothers you, you don't have to accept it. If you're hurt, you can reject those who have hurt you. It's part of the standard of the world. This is what the world says. Don't associate with those who have hurt you. You have the right to reject them, right? If they had caused hurt, if you have caused hurt, if you have offended someone, the attitude is flat. Well, they have to deal with it. They have to do, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. You have to deal with it. Amen. This is what the world has done. If you're in trouble, depend on your own ability to get you out. Don't rely on others. Rely on yourself. Self and following what self tells you to do is a very, very strong influence in our society. And the truth is, saints, that influence 
of the world today can filter into your heart. It can filter in even to the church, and the idea of self and the church can be predominant in your Christian walk. It can be a selfish Christian walk. That's the danger, I think, of today's age. There's many, I believe, but one of the dangers of living in today's age versus other ages of time, periods of time, is that we have a walk devoted on what you think you deserve. We call it entitlement a little bit. I know that might seem like a uh, doesn't give you good feelings in your, in your mind and good taste in your mouth, the word entitlement. But the reality of it is, saints, that's the, that's the world around us. If you just look around, that's what we're dealing with. And the danger is this influence can influence us. And I want to encourage us tonight not to let yourself influence Christianity, not to let yourself dictate what is right and what is godly in your life, but let God dictate to you what is right and godly in your life. We can go to Psalm 107. You can turn there. I already mentioned it. And we'll just stay in the Psalm tonight. I'll reference another scripture. But tonight we'll just be in Psalm 107. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Do you believe that, saints? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Some translations say, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let them tell their story. Those he has redeemed from the hand of the foe, of the enemy. I see here, saints, that the redeemed have a responsibility to give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and mercy. Another word for mercy is love. If you have been redeemed, you have a responsibility. Did you hear me? You have a responsibility. You have a call on you to give thanks to the Lord. Verbalize thanks to the Lord. It's on you. It's what is required of you. It's what's required of us as Christians is to verbalize our thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his love. The redeemed are those who have been bought back by the Lord. That's what that word redeemed means. He's taking back that which was once his. Humans were his creation. Humans, through self, caused separation. Sin caused separation. Being redeemed is removing that sin and pulling back to him. So if you've been redeemed, if you've been, I made a mistake, Lord. I need your forgiveness. I need you to be in my life. I want you to be the savior of my life. I'm a sinner. I have turned my life over to you. You are the redeemed. What a blessing it is. Amen, saints? And the redeemed have a responsibility. On top of being thankful for God's goodness, for God's mercy and God's love, the redeemed are also to tell their story. So you're going to be thankful and speak of God's goodness, love, and mercy, but you're also to say so. I like how the psalmist says, say so. Tell your story. Speak out about God's goodness. He doesn't say, feel so. He says, say so. David wrote, say so. There's no mention of expressing your mind here. There's no mention of even expressing your cares. There's no mention of expressing and acting on your prejudices. There's no mention of acting on your grievances. You know what's expected when we open our mouth? That our mouth gives thanks to the Lord. And the Lord 
and we begin to tell of the redeeming power of the Lord in our lives. Have you shared your testimony recently? Have you encouraged your testimony with others? I was just talking to a brother just the other day, and he was telling me how he was sharing his testimony with his kids. What a blessing that is, that you can share your testimony, telling his kids about the goodness of the Lord, telling his kids about the love and mercy that the Lord has shown on him, encouraging his kids, the Lord can do the same for you. What a blessing that is to hear. Amen, saints? Had you given thanks to the Lord today for pulling down the hand of the enemy? The enemy is always trying to grab us. I don't think it's a coincidence that in Psalm, the verse 2 here, it says, he has redeemed from the hand of the foe. The hand is something that reaches out and grabs a hold. The enemy wants to grab a hold of us. He wants to snatch us. He wants to pull us away from the Redeemer. He wants to pull us away from Christ. It's no doubt that conversation helps our relationships with each other. Conversation with each other helps our relationship with God. Sometimes getting your grievances off your chest, they may make you feel better when you talk to others. And that's good. Acting on your frustrations may make you feel lighter. I don't know that you should always act on your frustrations, but it may make you feel a little bit lighter if you did. I got it off my chest. I said what I wanted to say. Maybe you feel lighter. I don't know. But you know what it rarely does, saints? It really helps you. It really delivers you from that situation. If nothing else, it almost entrenches you deeper into that situation. It almost entrenches you deeper into that grievance. It entrenches you in your position. King David was known for saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Do you know that? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He knew the tendency of self or soul to wander, to be grabbed, to be snatched away from the Redeemer, Satan, to let bitterness set in, to being offended, to having anger, to wanting to run, to wanting to separate yourself from, those, from perceived problems, to wallow in self-pity, to settle in a state where you feel best. But you know what happens when we do that? Misery. Goodness goes. Talking about the goodness of the Lord separates from us. Telling our testimony becomes not so on the front of our lips. David said he did not want this. David said, no, no, soul, self, bless the Lord. He told himself to bless the Lord. You can say, self, I should let the hand of the enemy snatch me. Or you can say, self, let God snatch me. Amen, saints? Who has grabbed our souls? Who has grabbed a hold of your soul tonight? Yourself. Who has a hold of you? There's two choices in life, right? The enemy or the Lord. Who has a hold of you? Who has your mouth speaking? What is your mouth saying? What is your heart thinking? Who has a hold of it? The thoughts that you perceive, the actions that you go to, who has a hold of it? Who's controlling that? You may think, what I care about is important to me, Brother Ben. It's very vital to who I am. And the Bible does say, the Lord cares about me. He cares about my concerns. Well, that is a true statement. There's no doubt about it. The Lord at 100 and 10% cares about you. He cares about your thoughts. He cares about where you go. He cares about who you're talking to. But about those cares and concerns, you know what? Actually, we can see what the Bible says. You can t- I told you I wouldn't, but let's turn to it. First Peter chapter 5. 
those cares and concerns in this life that may seem so important to us, so critical to us, so part of who we are. The Bible does mention it. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, let's start at verse 6. So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. I'm reading out of the NLT, just to help make Peter's point a little more clear for us today. Verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Verse 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. We see Peter knows we have an enemy, as I mentioned. He talks about the enemy wanting to snatch at you, take you, and devour you. Peter reminds us that, and it's a good reminder for all of us, saints, we are not the only ones going through the trial that we're going through. This is, you are not unique in that. This is the first time it's ever happened in the world that I'm going through this trial. No, people have gone through trials just like yours, similar to yours, all through history. It's not unique to the human condition of of your own self that you're suffering. And Peter reminds us, people all over the world are suffering like we are. Peter states, through the Holy Spirit, we can almost say the Holy Spirit states, amen, saints, in response to the idea that God cares for us, the call first is to humble yourself. And then at the Lord's time, at the right time, he will lift you up. Look what it says in verse 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. Verse 7. It tells this is what you do next. Humble yourself, and he'll take care of lifting you up. Verse 7. Now cast your cares. Cast your concerns on him. Take, let him take them. To help humble us, Peter is saying, is to cast our cares on the Lord. To help keep us humble, this is what casting our cares on the Lord does. It's not, I'm going to cast my cares on the Lord because I, that's what the Lord, the Lord's all about me and taking care of me. No, casting our cares on the Lord helps us to humble us so we can be used by the Lord. He takes it off our plate. Something that you're grieving with, something that you're struggling with, something that you're proud of, if it's pride, if it's a sin you can't let go of, if it's something you're holding on to, if it's offense given to you, these things hinder you from being used by the Lord. The Lord wants to use you. How do I get rid of these things? Number one, you humble yourself. Number two, you understand that the Lord will lift you up when, he's, when he sees fit, it's time to lift you up in his timing. Number three, you cast those chairs right on the Lord's lap. You let them go. This is frustrating me. You know what, Lord? I'm not going to let this thing frustrate me. I'm going to let you take it. And you know what? When you're ready, lift me up. I'm going to stay humble. I want to be used by you. This is what Peter taught us. Psalm 107 is reminding the redeemed, the ones that are brought back from the Lord with a price, that an important focus of their Christian walk is not speaking out about grievances, but rather speaking out out about the goodness of the Lord. I have been thinking, what a challenge this is for me. What a challenge it is maybe for you, for the church. You could say, Brother Ben, I'm supposed to not care about myself? I didn't say that. 
I didn't say that. But I'm saying your cares and your concerns, things that can influence how you walk with the Lord, things that start to influence how you associate with other brothers and sisters, things that how you associate with maybe your pastors or your elders or, or the community around you, those things that begin to affect you, that's not what the Lord wants. Cast those cares right on the lap of the Lord. Let's go back to Psalm 107. I'm going to jump right. We started off at verse 1. Let's go right to the end of it. And then we'll jump in the middle of it. Psalm 107, verse 43. This is what David encouraged us with. It says, Whoever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You know, another translation in the Bible says this, Let the one who is wise heed these things. Take this to heart. Put it in your bosom the one who is wise, and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. It may seem very challenging to let our feelings go on a certain matter, like we're losing a piece of us, like we're losing, this is my cause, this is who I am, but you don't understand. I feel strong about this matter. This is part of who I am. This is my identity. Here we see King David ending the psalm with the instructions in the psalm stating the wise. You know what that word wise means? intelligence. Do you consider yourself intelligent? Well, then follow what King David said. Skillful, artful. Do you consider yourself artful, artsy, crafty, wise? This is what King David said. That person will do two things. He'll observe the things in this, in this psalm, which we'll talk about, and he will understand and ponder and think about the loving kindness or the loving deeds of Jesus. David is saying, take the heart in how the Lord works and understand how he gives his love. That's our instruction. Another instruction for the redeemed is understand how the Lord loves. Do you understand how the Lord loves? Have you taken to heart his works? Do you understand what gets him motivated? to work towards you, to move in your direction. This is what King David was saying. If you understand, if you take heed to these scriptures, and you understand how the Lord works, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be singing his praises. There'll be nothing that will affect your relationship with him if you understand how to get his attention. So right at the end of the psalm, David says this. Well, what are these things that he talks about? What are these things? What we see in verse 3, we'll we'll start talking about these things. In verse 3, it says, Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from north and south, the Lord always desires to gather. This is what the Lord desires to do. No matter where you're at, what stage of life you're in, what state of mind you are in, his desire is to gather you, is to pull you in is to pull you to himself, is to pull you close, is to gather him up with his people. Be with your people. Be with my people. Gather together. Don't separate. This is what the Lord does. The opposite is the hand of the enemy. Amen, saints? The enemy wants to pull you away. The desire is to urge, is to separate when you have the enemy inside of us. The idea is to pull away from godliness, pull away from godly fellowship, pull away from the hand of the Lord. This is what the enemy wants to do. His hand grabs and separates. God's hand grabs and brings together. 
They're two differences. They're, they're different. They're opposing. They're opposites. They don't connect with each other. God gathers. Enemy separates. Enemy pulls apart. That's a grievance. Take that grievance and now separate. They don't understand you. They'll never get you. You'll, you'll never be the way you want to be. Separate. Pull apart. Reach. Separate. God says, no, don't believe that. Come to me. I want to gather you to me. What a blessing in the Lord we have. Amen, saints? When you verbally praise him and thank him and tell your story, what God has done for you, it's then that God's hand begins to gather you up. It's then that God's hand can start to pull you in. It's then that those grievances and those things affecting you, the troubles in life, the distresses in life, will start to lift because you'll naturally start to cast those things on the Lord. And you'll naturally start to praise him for what he's doing. You'll hear stories of healings. You'll hear stories of miracle work. You'll hear stories of people who thought they were going to die and God made them alive. People who didn't have a job and God gave them a job. People who were living on their last penny and God supported them through, through debt and got all the way through as they continued tithing to him. These are testimonies that we can share. Testimonies that we can grab onto because they gather. God gathers his people together. And when he gathers his people together, his name gets glorified. His name gets praised. Amen, saints? This is naturally what happens. When God gathers, his name begins to get praised. God wants his name praised in our midst. God wants his name praised in your life. God wants people to see him in your life. Not see you in your life. God does not want people to look at you and say, oh, I know what that person is going to say to me right now. No, he wants to know. I got to go to that person because I need encouragement. They're going to tell me about the word of God. This is what the Lord wants out of us. Young and old, Brother Brian just mentioned it. What about having a relationship with the Lord when you're a young person? What about having a relationship with the Lord when you're a young person? What about saying to your young brothers and sisters, hey guys, what Bible verse do you like? That's a simple question. I don't have a, I don't have a Bible verse that I ever really look at. Good. Let's meet next week and let's, pick our, let's talk about the verse that you chose. That's a start. You know what that is? That's starting to the Lord. The Lord's going like this to you. Good job. Come to me. Keep coming. Baby steps, that's okay. I'll work. The Lord will work with them. Come to me. I'm going to protect you. See what happens when you gather look at my hands. You're starting to form a circle. That's what the Lord does. And when you get close enough to the Lord, this is what begins to happen. Look at how tight you can get with the Lord. Abraham was called the friend of God. He let God gather right up into his bosom. Amen? What a blessing it is as we let God gather us. In the next verses here, King David begins to tell of people who wandered in desert places. They wandered in wastelands. They were alone. They were hungry. They were thirsty. They were slowly dying from loneliness and despair. You can read the verses yourselves. It tells of people who were in dark places. They were in prisons. They were feeling the chains of being bound. They were limited in what they could do. They couldn't move like they wanted to move. They couldn't go where they wanted to go. They were in the deepest loom. They were in misery. Misery was all about them. These are right in this verses of 107. It was so much that some of these people wanted to rebel against the Lord. They felt so much misery, they, could, they were blaming the Lord. They wanted to rebel against the Lord. They began to lose faith in him. It tells the people who made foolish decisions and in a way did rebel. In a way, they did rebel against the Lord. And they were suffering for their sins. There were consequences to sin. And David was saying this people were struggling due to their consequences of sin. 
They weren't enjoying life anymore. The sin had put a damper on life itself. In verse 18, it states that they couldn't even stand the thought of food. Hunger escaped them because they were so drowned, whether it was guilt, whether it was just a weight of sin, they, wanted, they couldn't even eat. Death was knocking at their door. It tells the people who sailed the seas, they were enjoying making a living. They were enjoying just doing what they wanted to do. This is life. It's my life. I want to live the way I want to live. Do you know who they met on the ocean? The power of God. Waves and storms. And God sent those things. It says in the verses 24 and verse 25, God told the winds and the waves. And when, and when God allowed the storms to come, they literally rocked their boats. It said they, they stumbled on the boat like drunk men. If you've ever been on a boat in a wavy situation, you can't stand straight. You get tossed this way and you get tossed that way. You have no control over your own footsteps. This is what happened with these men. It tells of men that were on this boat. Their losses were mounting up. The ship and lives were being lost. And you see, saints, all these stories David were telling us about life, maybe for us who are redeemed, we can relate to one or two of them. Maybe we've been there. This is a story you can tell others. I've been in that place before. I've been in a storm where I was getting rocked about. I've been in misery. I've been in distress. I've been hurting. Hunger has escaped me from guilt or just depression or something weighing on me I couldn't even eat. But you know what, saints? You might have a testimony you can share with another brother or sister how the Lord met you. Or maybe you're going through these things right now. You feel alone. You're wandering through life. The Lord is not seeming to respond to your desire for direction. The life, the word of God seems to be so distant from you. You're hungry for more of the Lord, but you just don't seem to be seeing it. You just aren't seeing the promises of God in your life for a believer like you thought you should. Maybe you want to be used more by the Lord in a particular manner. The gifts to flow through you, but the God is not, seems to be quiet. Now what, you may feel? You may feel in despair a little bit. Maybe you feel bound, limited, aren't fulfilled, you're trapped. Maybe by a sickness or a mental health. Maybe by your own doing or maybe by others' doing. You're in a bit of a gloom. You have some misery sulking around your ankles. You just don't have the life that you once had. And you begin to wonder, does God even care about me? Does God even see me? Does God even know my name? Maybe you're struggling with a sin that you can't overcome, a sin of the past that seems to haunt you, or even at times the enjoyment of life is taken up because of this. You know, saying sin does have its consequences, and sometimes the consequences can cause us to be angry and frustrated. And it might be unjustly caused on you. It might not even be your fault. You might be doing your best to live correctly. Hey, I made a mistake. I'm doing my best now. What's up? I'm with you. I feel you. That can be hurting sometimes. But don't let that discouragement influence how you respond to the Lord. The discouragement of people not forgetting the sins or the weight of a hidden sin in your life, something you can't overcome, can make you sick. It can really hurt your belly. Literally, your belly. It can make you uncomfortable. The psalmist said they didn't, didn't even want food. Or maybe you haven't been putting God first in all that you do. A career, a relationship, your own desires, making money, taking a family, 
taking ownership of your own life. This is my life. I'm going to do what I want to do, what I see is best. Yeah, I love God. God, you're in it with me, but I'm going in this direction. As I often say, you put on a backpack, and the name of that backpack is God. And you walk, you take God around with you as opposed to letting God take you where he wants you to go. You have a hard time relating maybe to fellow saints, hard time relating to your pastors or elders, how you relate to church and the things of church, your tithing, your church attendance, your love for the word of God, your love for the things of God. What are all of these things can, be, can affect our decisions in putting self first? But you see in Psalm 107, these things were real life events too, saints. You are saying, well, Brother Ben, I, this is my life you're reading from David. Well, David's recounting real life events. Maybe he went through some of them. Maybe he saw others go through some of them. Maybe you're feeling, well, my life event is really real too. But the scripture says the wise will observe and understand God's loving kindness. In your real life circumstance, maintain godly wisdom. The wise will observe and understand God's loving kindness. I get it. Life can draw out all sorts of emotions. Send your mind racing about with realities. It can even send your mind racing about with assumed realities that are false. This is what life can do. You may think where the Lord is, where's all the loving kindness? That's a fair question. This is where taking heed. This is where taking heart comes into place. This is where King David said, understand. You may say, where is the loving kindness of the Lord? I'm going to encourage you, take heed. You see the solution to the lot that you are in in life, whether it's been caused by you, caused by others, maybe caused by God. The solution here, King David says, is crying out to the Lord. Crying out to the Lord. It's not going deeper in your stance. It's not going deeper in justifying your life position or your life decisions, justifying why you think you're right. The action is actually not about you at all. The action is about the redeeming power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what the action is about, saints. It says, Lord, help. You know what that scripture says, crying out to the Lord? Crying out to the Lord, it was a funny word. I looked it up. The strong concordance says it's a halloo, H-A-L-L-O-O. You know what a halloo is? It's what they call out for action, activity. You, tell, you, know, you might tell your dogs, Go! Come, come on, come on, come on, faster, faster, run harder, run harder. Come on, let's go, let's go. It's a halloo, it's a call for action. See, this cry out to the Lord when you're in distress, when you're troubled, when your heart's unsettled. It's not just a cry of, Lord, help me. It's a cry of, Lord, get over here, I need you. I'm here, you're there, gather me up. Pull me in, rein me in. It's a halloo. Isn't that a neat word, saints? Come over here, come over here, I need help. It's a cry out. You see, I spent a lot of time talking about the distresses and troubles and frustrations of life because in our lives, in our society, they seem to take up so much of our time. I spent a lot of this meeting already talking about frustrations, struggles, temptations, trials, distresses. But you know what the solution is? It's very simple. What seems to take up so much of our life, interactions, the answer to a lot of those interactions is as simple as getting on your knees, and crying out to Jesus. Crying out to Jesus. What a blessing it is. The solution is not hard. It's not hard on a certain level, I guess. 
The solution is as simple as humbling and praying. It has staying power, saints. The idea of getting on your knees and crying out to the Lord is staying power. The power will keep you where you're at. It will root your feet in the Word of God. It says in Psalm 107, verse 6, we'll go through the four verses. There were four different testimonies David talked about. And then the solution for four of those testimonies are as follows. Psalm 107, verse 6, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. 13, then they, then they tried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. Verse 19, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distresses. Verse 28, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distresses. You see, the Lord delivers, the Lord rescues, the Lord brings out, the Lord saves when we cry out to him. There's four different scenarios here. When each of these people tried out, there was four unanimously same results. The Lord responded. The Lord responded with deliverance, bringing out salvation and rescue. These cries for help came at the most extreme time. These people in the Psalms prayed at the most extreme time, meaning they wandered for a time. They were in bondage for a time. They were lost in their transgressions for a bit of time. They were lost in their own life and making a living for a bit of time. Then they began to realize, wait, I need help. I can't do this alone. I can't justify my position anymore. It's eating me up. It's taking the enjoyment of life out of me. It's troubling me. I'm in trouble. I want to encourage you, to tonight, saints, tonight to observe what the psalmist has taught us, what David has taught us, to learn from others' experiences. Your hurt, though unique to you, is not unique to the human condition, as I said. It can feel humbling it may be challenging to let go of something you feel strongly about. But that is, when you let go of it, you will find God's will for your life, and he will lift you up. You see, God's mercy and love for these people and for us is that they prayed at the right time, at the right moment. When the time came, when the word came to them to pray, to cry out, they responded. They responded in a cry. I need, here's the time to pray. I'm going to take the opportunity to pray. And when they prayed, they prayed in the right manner. They prayed with a cry. They prayed with a shout. They didn't hold anything back from the Lord. They were in trouble. Okay, here's the time to pray. You know what? I'm not holding anything back from the Lord. I'm going to give a halloo to the Lord. Gather me in, Jesus. I can't handle this anymore. I can't take this. And you know what? They prayed to the right person. The God on high. They prayed when the call was made out. They prayed... Not a moment later, amen, saints? They prayed by crying out, and they prayed to the right person, the Lord Jesus. I want to encourage you with this. When we are at our wit's end, unsettled in our Christian walks, nothing else remains for us to do except right then, at that moment, speak out. Testify of God's goodness. Tell of God's story in your life. Don't go deep into your grievances. Reject them. Cast them away. And just start blessing the Lord. How good is the Lord? Ask the person who's going through a hard time, hey, hey, don't talk to me about your grievance. Talk to me about how good the Lord is. How good is the Lord? You will watch their face change. You will watch them respond. They will be blessed. Cry out to the Lord for deliverance, for rescue, for bringing out, for salvation from your distress, and he will respond. I'll end with this quote from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon said this, we do well 
when we turn to him in our trouble. We do well when we turn to him in our trouble. You know what, saints, we have a couple minutes. I know it's a day camp week, but let's just give a couple minutes. A couple minutes. I think it's appropriate. If you feel like your life has been sapped out of you a little bit, the stresses are hanging on to you a little bit, maybe it's time that you can say, hey, I'm going to take advantage of that right time, at that right moment, to call out to the Lord and reach out to him. So we'll spend a couple minutes, that's it. We'll encourage you to do it on your own time, but I think it's important right now. If the Lord's speaking to you, respond.